Welcome to Why in the World. My name is Ben Shepard. If you haven't rated, reviewed or subscribed yet, please get that done. I'm very excited about today's episode and excited for you to hear the conversation I had with big wall climber Pete Whitaker. Pete has been to Yosemite National Park a handful of times and a couple of years ago rope soloed El Capitan in under 24 hours. This is Pete Whitaker on Why in the World. Pete's kitchen. How are you, man? You good? Yeah, all good. Thank you. Very much. So you've just come. Uh, you've just come home from Scotland. A bit of winter climbing up in Scotland. How was that? Um, yeah, winter climbing. Winter climbing is good. It's a new thing. Well, it's not a new thing. It's a new thing that I've got into. <laughs> I've been doing it for this the second season now. You seem very kind of chilled out, just about life in general. Um, yeah, I'd say. Ah, uh, yeah, yes, yes, and no, probably. Okay. Yeah. I'm 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 quite relaxed. I'm relaxed about stuff, but then I'd like to get stuff done. Right. And I'm like highly motivated. Like if I want to get stuff done, I'm not that relaxed about it. I want to get it done. Uh, but then just about sort of like I'm never really stressed out about stuff. You know, like about life. The mundane throws of life are just yeah, kind just of like. Just, and just get on with it. That's like, fine. Yeah. Talking about that motivated thing. Like the first thing I want to talk about before we get into anything else really is your rope solo of El Capitan. So that was back in 2016. Now if people don't know, El Capitan is the most famous big wall in the world, would you say? Yeah, I'd say it's the most, or it is now. It is now. After recent ongoings and climbing on there. Um, Yeah, it's one of the most famous, uh, you know, 3,000 foot wall in Yosemite National Park in America. When you first drove into Yosemite, what what age were you? How old were you when you first went to Yosemite? Uh, first went in twenty fourteen. I must have been twenty three ish, something like that. And actually, when it's funny because a lot of my friends have been there before. Okay, I know been there, and they're all saying like, "Oh, like El Cap will blow your mind, and it's absolutely huge, and all this sort of stuff." And I remember driving into Yosemite, and you, you know, look up at it, and I thought, ah. It's not actually that big. <laughs> not too bad that. But then, um, because everything else is so big in the valley, um, you actually don't realise how big El Cap is until you see the people on it. And then I saw the people, and I saw one of these pictures of climbing. Um, there's a picture of climbing called the Boot Flake on a famous route called the Nose, and it's got this like bit of rock on it shaped like a boot. And it looked so small when it was when it was on there, and then it like put it in perspective, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's a big bit of rock." Does it excite you, or does it scare you? Something like that. Oh no, it excites me. Yeah. Why? I think it's. I think it's just like the. It's like the challenge of it, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, oh, it's just it's just huge, isn't it? So you just think that's massive. I want to do that. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And also, I think um, I think with Yosemite in particular. There's a lot of uh, history of climbing that has gone on there. Yeah, I'm quite into like looking back at what people have done in the past and mm. like what's yeah what's gone in the past and like the uh, like how things have progressed. Yeah. And yeah, in a way, you sort of like want to you want to have a go at what was yeah done be in part the past of that progression. And, yeah, I yeah, suppose. exactly. Yeah, which is pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Let's just go back to the start then before we do get into Yosemite and other stuff that you've done. Why rock climbing? When did that start for you? When did the love affair for... 
I suppose the outdoors begin and then the love affair for climbing. Yeah, yeah. so um, the outdoors has just basically always been within my family. I, I grew up uh, like 40 minutes away from here um, in a place called Edale in the Peak District. Um, and like my, my family are just, like my sister and both my parents, they're just really into, you know, being outdoors, doing outdoorsy things. Um, and you, yeah, I can remember being like five, six, seven, eight, and we'd be up in Scotland in the Lake District in North Wales, you know, scrambling with mum and dad and <laughs> just out and about. I remember doing the, we did like the Snowden horseshoe. Um, yeah. When I was like six or something. That's like, <laughs> oh, that's like mum and dad like, <laughs> pulling me around. <laughs> um, so I think, yeah, I've always just been, um, you know, I've been lucky really in that my parents have, they've shown me a good, a good way into the outdoors and a good way of, of living. And why climbing? Why not something else? I think because, I mean, my parents are also into sort of like mountain biking as well. And um, I think they're, they're sort of into climbing, mountain biking and walking and scrambling. Okay. Um, they're not really into any sort of water, things like that. Stay away um, from the water. Yeah, stay from the water. <laughs> I don't really like water. Um, so, yeah, we used to do a lot of climbing... I think the climbing and scrambling was the sort of most thing that we did. So it was yeah. kind of a sort of obvious progression. And then when mum sort of sees that we, we were kind of enjoying it, you know, she she took us uh, inside to indoors mm. and, and sort of this. And then it just, you know, progressed. So how did you go from sort of climbing indoors, like obviously in the UK, to deciding, you know what, I want to go and do some massive stuff? Yeah, I guess... Uh, sort of like yeah climbing in the UK I was always climbing indoors and outdoors I, I, I actually met a friend uh, who's been a really long term climbing partner of mine now called Tom um, and we've done loads of stuff together and loads of sort of um, big adventures and we got really into this style of climbing like crack climbing um, and I, I see guess, that on your Instagram that's like you shoving your hand explain crack climbing yeah, it's like you're shoving a hand in the crack and then like turning it opening it yeah and just sort of wedging yourself in there yeah pretty much yeah it's just a style of climbing so obviously on on the rock face you get features like crack features and crack climbing is a specific technique of climbing those features does that not kill so, uh, it can do if you get it wrong yeah <laughs> like and because you're sort of hanging off your bones quite a lot and off the joints then it you know you're twisting them in weird bizarre ways uh, then it yeah it can do if you do a lot of it I don't think it's I don't think it's particularly good for your joints. Um, (laughs) So you meet Tom. Yeah. And you guys start climbing together. Yeah. And then... Yeah, so we got into like this, like crack climbing. um, And I I think the big walling was kind of a progression of of our sort of climbing together because, yeah, we were really into like sort of doing challenges together as well. So like uh, we did this, like lots of these 24 hour challenges, you know, how much can you do in 24 hours? You know, how many routes can you climb in 24 mm. hours? Like, you know, sort of like, like Ironman style things, but, mm. but, but for, for climbers. Inner climbers, yeah, in a climbing sense. Would you, would you see yourself as a very self-motivated person when it comes to stuff like that? Like that challenge stuff, like I am going to get this done. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very self-motivated. Yeah. Yeah. Stubborn. Um, yeah, I just like to get stuff done, yeah. <laughs> like to get it done. It's, I mean, it's the same with anything. It doesn't have to be climbing, you know. Okay. I was, I was the same at school. Like, um, 
you, you get you get anything back and I was like so I'm just going to do it now and then it's done and when you think of these big challenges these 24 hour challenges and stuff is there a moment where like you and Tom are like sitting down and you think I think we can actually do that like this is pretty cool like the planning of those challenges is that one of the fun parts of them as well yeah definitely I think we sort of um, or we have done in the past like feeding off each other so one person might suggest something and then you know see how it sits with the other person for a while and then see if they like mention it again and then you know if they do mention it again you know like there'll be a little bit back and forth until eventually it's like this massive grand idea and then we sort of wonder where it's come from and then realise that we're really psyched and we're going to go and do it so, so some of them sort of like fizzle out okay yeah so, I would love to see your book of ideas. It might not exist, but like just in your head to know some of these ideas that are kind of like, hmm, that's really cool, but yeah. that's pretty big. Have you ever come up with an idea and thought, hmm, maybe that's too big for the time being? Um, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm quite optimistic with the, with the ideas, but I'm also... Like, it's all good having an idea, but you, if it's, like, too far above, mm. then it's just not exciting. It, it, like, if it's just, if you just think of something and it's just, like, totally impossible, then sort of, like, what's the point? It's not really exciting anymore because you just can't really get there. It's anyway. got to be achievable. It's got to be achievable, but only... I think the point I like to find, which you'll never find, <laughs> is, like, that point, the point of, like, success and failure... Mm. you know there's like a point there where I mean you can never find it though can you because when you if you succeed it's too easy yeah. and if you fail it's too hard it's like a it's like a mythical point that no that nobody's ever got to does the does the fear of failure does that drive you on then do you think um I'm not I'm not scared of failing no no no, no. yeah I'm not scared of failing but I don't like to fail okay yeah yeah well, that makes complete sense because again Failure then, I suppose, becomes a bit of a motivator. Yeah, yeah. Talk me through the rope solo of El Cap then in 2016. Let's start with where the idea came from. So how did you even think, one, this was possible, two, that you wanted to do it, and how did you approach people and say, like people like Tom, and say, mate, I'm going to do this, what do you think? I've been to Yosemite twice before, and I climbed some El Cap with a climbing partner. Um, and then after those trips, um, although it was challenging, I was like, I need a different sort of challenge here. And that's when I thought oh, I'll try and climb a big wall alone, like by myself, because essentially you can't rely on anybody else to do the work. You know, you've got to, it's all your effort from the bottom to the top. And when you get to the top, you know, it's you that's climbed it. Um, so I thought I'll give it a go by myself. And then, like I said before, when I was looking at the, the sort of, I like looking at the history and, and stuff like that. So when I started looking into it, I realised that, you know, El Cap had never been free climbed alone in under 24 hours. So then I was like, that's what I'm going to do. Um, and that's sort of how it came about. And then you approached Tom and other mates and family members and stuff with yeah. the idea or yeah. their thoughts. Yeah. So um, I think, I think initially, uh, I think they just, yeah, probably thought I was, maybe a bit unrealistic but mainly because I'd never done any of this rope soloing stuff before or never even done any of this kind of solo logistical thing okay. and I was planning on doing it in eight months time <laughs> um, 
It sounds a bit so, ridiculous talking about it now, but he, knowing yeah. that you've done it, obviously. Yeah, at, at the time I didn't really think, I just thought, yeah, I'm going to do it and I'll just learn how to do it and I'll just do it. <laughs> and that'll be that and we'll be fine. But yeah, it was like when, when it was funny, I was, I was talking to, uh, there's this guy called Andy Kirkpatrick and he's he's really, um, he's into like rope soloing, but aid climbing, rope soloing, so not necessarily free climbing. Um but he's really good at like the systems and the logistics and all the rope work and, and all this sort of stuff. Uh, and I know him quite well, so I was asking him for for knowledge and, and stuff like that and how to go about it. And yeah, at the beginning he didn't, he was very willing to give me lots of information, but he didn't seem overly optimistic about, <laughs> about what I was trying to do. Um, so the, the actual process then, just explain the actual process of rope soloing uh, you're climbing by yourself um, so you have all the, the normal kit that you, you normally would your rope and your, your climbing gear um, but instead of having a bee layer at the bottom be holding your ropes for you um, you have to self bee lay so essentially you attach the rope at the bottom of the climb like hard fix it to the rock and then you climb up the rock and you have a, a special bee lay device and you climb and self-belay yourself, which is quite tricky. And like, then shift yourself back up again. Yeah, and then when you finish a single rope length, then you fix your rope again. Uh, but then obviously you, there's nobody to follow up behind you. You don't have a partner. So everything that you've placed and the rope that you fixed at the bottom, you have to abseil back down, collect it all, and then you're at the bottom again. So then you, <laughs> you have to do this thing called jumaring, which is essentially uh, ascending your fixed line um, so then you have to like climb the wall again but yeah climb the rope back to your high point so you're sort of going like up climbing up abseiling down climbing the rope back up so it's essentially well it's three efforts isn't it <coughs> first three. climb the abseil yeah. Yeah, and it's then three. it's three stages again. yeah 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 so you, you you would be climbing El Cap twice in a day by yourself essentially and abseiling it once and self-bealing yourself why is he doing it all <laughs> like now I'm saying it now <laughs> talking about it it sounds mad doesn't it it does sound mad yeah I guess so yeah yeah I mean it doesn't sound for you maybe not but for the average person yeah, the yes. average person it's probably not like what most people would want to do is it uh, everything happening in the moment with how famous El Capitan has suddenly become with the release of Free Solo, which is obviously amazing for climbing. It'd be very interesting to see what happens with Yosemite now in the next mm. sort of couple of seasons, I suppose, after the release of that movie. Is there going to be loads and loads of people travelling to Yosemite? Yeah, wanting to solo El Capitan. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Definitely not the best idea. Definitely not the best idea. It's it's so hard for me to even perceive how big that wall is after seeing that like seeing that movie. When you're up there, when you're up on the wall somewhere in that three thousand foot sea of rock, are you not scared? I think I think it's. Um, uh, I mean, I I'm not too bothered about it now. I think because you're moving up from the ground gradually, it's a gradual process. I think it's actually slightly more worrying if you just abseil straight in from the top. Because <laughs> you're you going straight down. Yeah, because you're going you straight the bottom. down. Um, and also, I've come to realise that it's not actually the height of it isn't uh, isn't the issue. I always think it's the exposure, how steep the wall is, or how blank the features are around you, and that's what kind of makes it a bit more scary. 
I still feel exposure, definitely, but you kind of get used to it. And when you're up there a lot, then it kind of just becomes second nature. And also when you're doing these like challenges, so focused on what you're doing anyway, that you don't really think about, you're not thinking about the exposure. Do you think about the risk at all? Um, yeah, I definitely think about the risk, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, because I don't consider myself a, a risky person. Uh, I always I always like to think things through and like do it methodically. Mm. Uh, so I suppose the preparation that goes into it and the experience that you've got. Yeah, I like to think I'm doing things um, as safe as possibly. Yeah, for for what I'm trying to do. There is a there is a documentary on YouTube that you can see of you doing this twenty four hour rope solo of El Cap. Yeah, and part of it, you're I can't remember which pitch it is, but you're up there and it's pitch black middle of the night and you're in the middle of this like I said sea of rock to the average person it looks absolutely terrifying was there any point on that climb that you thought I'm not going to get this done in under 24 hours yeah it's probably exactly halfway up really Um, you get to this like really big ledge and you can sort of you know rest and have a have a rethink and like the last sort of five pitches even though they were easy and taken me a lot longer than I'd wanted them to and I'd had a few like glitches of my rucksack getting stuck and all this kind of shenanigans I should um, probably just say a pitch just explain oh, that sorry quickly. a pitch um, is a rope length okay. yeah 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 cool uh, and, and there's like 35 of them to climb milk out <laughs> yes there was a sort of short moment in the middle where you know I was kind of going a little bit slower than I'd wanted to um, and I was a bit more tired than I'd hoped I was going to be. But oh, I don't know. I mean, you're never gonna feel you're never gonna feel great, are you? So you just all you can do is just. I mean, I was gonna make it to the top. I was gonna make it to the top, and whether it was gonna be in under twenty four hours, and whether it was gonna be all free climbed, you know, without without pulling on any gear, then I wasn't sure. But I was going to make it to the top either way. I was definitely well, you had to. That. That's yeah. the only way out. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, the only way off the top. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That moment um, when you hit the top then, and in the documentary on YouTube, what's that called again if people want to have a look at that? Uh, it's called Without a Partner. I felt as though it was going to be like this euphoric moment of glee and you were kind of just like, I'm knackered, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would have to say it's probably one of the, um, uh, the most exhausted... Yeah, I've I've been actually in terms of like that that twenty four hour challenge thing. Yeah, I was I was really really tired. The, I mean, there's there's a pitch at the top which is way 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 below what I can normally climb. You know, I I just free solo it. It's so easy. But I was like that tired from doing all this like up and down and like jumaring uh, with the rucksack on and self belaying whilst I was climbing all this shenanigans that like even this this pitch right at the top. I was like. Oh my god! I'm not even sure I can get up this thing. Uh, but you were getting to the top, so that's yeah, yeah, I was getting to the top, yeah, yeah. And something yeah. That I like yeah. at the end of that uh, little dock as well, as you say, hmm, I could have probably done more pitches yeah. if there were more pitches. <laughs> yeah. Do you genuinely think you could have kept going? I mean, yeah. If there was more pitches, then I would have, you know, you would have had to grind. You would have had to grind it up, grind it out. Yeah. Because it is a it is a funny thing that you think you've like hit the edge, but you haven't. You haven't really. 
hit the edge. You can always go further, I suppose. You can always push it. A bit. When you hit the wall, I suppose for a climber, hitting the wall probably isn't the best uh, phrase to use for like a run. It's hitting the wall, but probably not for a climber. So, would you say for you, is that your is that your proudest moment to date? I think it's definitely a yeah. I was definitely pretty pleased with that because uh, also the turnaround that I did it in terms of having never rope soloed before to doing a first in something was like an eight month period. So I was actually quite pleased with, I was pleased to do the challenge, but I was actually pleased with how quick my learning was mm. and how well I sort of adapted to that style. What was the feedback um, from the climbing world as well? I, yeah, people were psyched and they pr- probably just thought I was a bit mad. <laughs> <laughs> there used to be an overwhelming like feeling of just like, yeah. it's a bit mad, isn't yeah. it? What people were impressed about was the sort of effort that has to go into climbing in that style because mm. uh, it's a very effort and challenging based style of climbing it's um, very endurance based isn't yeah it? very endurance based and also not uh, not just physically as well it's physically demanding but it's also quite mentally demanding you know you haven't got any anybody there to bounce ideas off and if something does go wrong with, with your ropes or your rack or you forget something or you haven't taken enough water or you run out of food you know there's actually nobody there to, mm. to help you or you make a mistake you take a big fall you know, you hurt yourself, you know, you have to sort yourself out, it's quite... Were you doing any sort of other fitness then prior to that challenge in terms of how heavily endurance-based it was? I wouldn't say I did any specific fitness-based training because I'm quite sort of... that. That's that's what I'm good at in terms of uh, my fitness. your base, yeah, that's yeah, your thing. Yeah, like, I'm not very powerful, I'm not very strong, but in terms of endurance and grinding things just out get it yeah, just get it done. I'm pretty good at that um, but what I did do for training was just a lot of the sort of uh, logistical technical rope aspects mm. um, I did I did some practicing in a place called Squamish so I did I did a little bit of um, endurance based stuff that sort of summer because I climbed quite a few smaller walls in Squamish in Canada which I guess was a little bit of training but I didn't you know I didn't go like I'm going to the gym now, I'm doing this, and I'm going out for a run. And I'm... I suppose it's very specific as well, sort of climbing fitness. It's yeah. incredibly specific to, yeah, is, obviously, yeah. what you're doing. You don't need to necessarily have that power for running in your legs. You need no, to have that climbing-based fitness. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely very, very climbing-based. I'm not, yeah, I'm all right at running. but I'm, I'm sure you're pretty good at running. I'm, I'm sure you could do a few miles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you were to look back then at your career now, and, and I, I hate talking about things like, falls and things with people and injuries and things like that is there anything that sticks out from your career that has happened yeah in terms of uh, climbing specific injuries I've been pretty lucky actually and never really had anything you know that's been more than a sort of month mm-hmm. you know where it might be a sort of minor tear in your shoulder or a little tweak in your finger or something um, <laughs> you know nothing Touch too a lot of worse yeah 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 <laughs> Nothing too too major, to be honest. I think the worst sort of climbing fall or stupid thing that I've done um, would have been in 2017, like I mentioned before. Like, when you're doing these things by yourself, it can suddenly be all fine and then actually it can get a little bit, like... Hairy. Yeah. You actually realise how serious it can be when something doesn't quite go right. I mean, I didn't, I didn't hurt myself too badly, but I took... I made a stupid decision and... I took like a pretty horrible fall into this corner and like slammed into this corner. I was probably like 
2,000 foot up or something. <laughs> and just like by myself, but not really on one of the very popular Yosemite walls. I mean, Yosemite isn't remote, but I was on, I was in more of a remote part. Um, and yeah, I just thought I'd like like bust, I thought I'd broken my wrist to start with. And I was, which isn't, you know, it wouldn't be bad. You'd be able to get yourself out of the situation, but it's just, it was the first time where I thought uh, I've made a really stupid decision because I didn't have to make that decision. I was like, at this point, I was like, I know this is going to be a bad thing to do, but I'm really tired and I'm just going to do it. Mm. And then I did it. And I was like, and it was really bad. And it was really bad. And I just, um, so it was when I was actually cleaning a pitch, so abseiling down, and uh, the pitch had traversed off to the side. I made the mis- uh, a bad mistake. I took all the gear out and then I took a massive pendulum, like a really big swing. Okay. And I, and I hit like a corner really, really hard, like hitting the ground. <laughs> it, was, oh. it was bloody awful. Um, do you think things like that kind of have to happen from time to time they probably do yeah yeah to make you like step back and yeah like yeah yeah exactly and I think it was probably it was probably yeah it was good for me in that it didn't go too wrong but I definitely learned like you've got to take this seriously when you're going up on these walls and especially when you're going up on them by yourself for a lot of people like this is one of the most terrifying things in the world to say you're 3,000 feet up or 2,000 feet up on this wall on your own. Traditionally, a lot of people are incredibly scared of heights. Is there anything you're scared of? I'm scared of water. I don't like the sea. You are scared of water. <laughs> I don't like going in the sea. Don't you? No, because I can't see what's below. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not scared of it. I just don't like it. I so don't you like prefer it. to see 2,500 feet of sheer face. Yeah, because you can see it. Below you. Yeah. Rather than two foot of water. Yeah, because you don't know what's there, do you? Okay. I mean, <laughs> the logic in that I'm not entirely sure about, but I'll go with it. Looking forward to the future then. Um, obviously, you've done some pretty amazing stuff already. and You're only 28. What is in the future for you? Have you got any, any big projects you'd like to do? Uh, have you got any places you'd like to go? I'm quite keen on improving like my sort of uh, winter wintry skills mm. the rope soloing and crack climbing I find it all like using axes and stuff in the winter I find it quite technical so you're rugged and I'm like maybe not rugged I'm not very rugged <laughs> I'm like the least mountaineery alpine person ever um, I can't grow any sort of beard or anything no mate you and me both yeah. <laughs> yeah. but yeah like using like the sort of winter climbing aspect I think it's quite technical enough yeah, I'd so like to go to like Alaska it. or somewhere yeah, like yeah. that. So, yeah, so yeah, some, something like that where it's you can mix the sort of um, wintry snow stuff with the rock and climbing skills that I already have. Hmm. Um, to be able to sort of mix the two together, I think I could, you know, do some pretty fun things. Um, I, I can see that you've got <laughs> more challenges mental challenges probably that you're thinking about yeah, you yeah, don't want to say quite yeah, yet, but yeah, yeah yeah I've definitely got yeah I've definitely got things I'd, I'd like to do and also like more things in um, in Yosemite last year I, I climbed a couple of walls in, in a single day so half dome and El Cap in, in under 24 hours was that with Tom? I was just by myself but in a, in a different sort of style so not free climbing but using any sort of style to get up there okay which is a little bit easier just but you're getting from the bottom to the top anyway necessary. exactly yeah yeah which is easier climbing but just much more of it like mm-hmm. doing two of these two of these walls yeah it just makes you realize that climb like he is fun to climb these big things it's just quite you know when you get to the top 
and you've moved quickly, you've moved well, and you've climbed a massive wall, like 2,000, 3,000 foot in a few hours, you're just like, God, that was, you know, it's just fun. Mm. And it's Do you look at photos? Because your Instagram's pretty sick, by the way. What is your Instagram if people want to go follow it? Oh, uh, Pete Whitaker01. There yeah, you go. Across all channels. Go have a look at that. Bit <laughs> <laughs> <It's> of operation. <laughs> yeah. Some of the photos on there are unbelievable. And some of the photos from when you've been in Yosemite, even the Scotland photos from the stuff that you've just done. Do you ever see these photos afterwards and you think, that doesn't feel real, man? I don't think it doesn't feel real, but I can appreciate a good photo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You see it and think, that is going to get all the likes. <laughs> Thank you so much to Pete for joining us on Why in the World today. Do check out his Instagram profile. Um, it includes a photo of him climbing naked recently, which is a very interesting photograph. Also check out mine. I am at BenShepard93 and my Twitter is at BenShepard. I would love to hear what you think about this podcast on those platforms and also please do review it on Apple Podcasts and give it a five-star rating as well. We will be back next week with James Forrest, who is aptly nicknamed Mountain Man. For reasons you will find out on next week's show.